I'm Scott. This is Gavin. And I'm Craig. This is going to be great. Pointless podcast bollocks. Can't you just try and enjoy yourself? I'm not keen on dogs with tails. Craig, what are you talking about? Sick of him, and I'm sick of you. Chill the fuck out, man. <laughs> Jeez, I'm scared to say anything now in case I sound like another Jim Henson creation. Talking bollocks again, are we, Scott? I had a goldfish called Pete for 23 years. It wasn't the same fish, you just bought a new one every time it died. I know, that's what I mean. Welcome to Major's Mess Hall. Right, go on, switch that off. Come on. Right, you introduce this one then. Oh, no, let's let Craig do it. It's been ages since Craig done something. 57, Craig, go. Well, I'm going to finish your What? Episode 56, yeah. Fucking 57. Hell, 57. Right. Hey, guys. This is episode 57 of Major's Mess Hall. Your guests are me, Craig, and Gavin, and Scott. So who's hosting Welcome. it then? If we're the guests, who's hosting it? Well, it's not me used to, it. So how are we guests? You just said guests. You said the guests are me, Gavin, and Scott. Did I? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now. This is why we very rarely let you do the intros, because you cock it off. But they're funny. Oh, fucking let me do them then. Right, Simple so. <sighs> anyway, we're back. Episode fifty-seven. <clears throat> Obviously, last the last episode was a, a very somber episode. It's about John Dunsworth, um, but we promised that we would lift everybody's spirits now with a, a new upbeat episode. And I am proud to announce that we've got a very special guest on this episode. His name is Terry Angus. He's a puppeteer, and he has worked with the one and only legendary Jim Henson on Fraggle Rock and various other Muppets productions. And it was absolutely amazing for me to talk to him because I'm the biggest Jim Henson fan you would ever meet. And uh, and Scott joined me as well. Obviously, Craig didn't because he doesn't do interviews. But, uh, I mean, Scott, how great was that, man, that chat? You, you know what, man? The Stossy. interview that you're going to be... You, the interview <laughs> that you're hearing right now or getting ready to hear, it's been great, man. I felt like I talked to the whole Muppet cast. You know, and and then we finally we finally settle the the dispute. Do I sound like Big Bird or do I sound like Oscar? <laughs> yeah. From from a legend. Yeah. I mean, it, it, just the conversations he was sound. having. He talked about um, when he auditioned. He was eighteen when he first went for the audition, and you know he's sitting in front of Jim Henson and a, a you know a group of other people, and. You can just imagine yourself in the room, and how amazing it would have been to have to have been Terry, basically. So uh, yeah, Terry Angus. I mean, what a legend! He lives in Nova Scotia, and uh, I've met him before. I met him t- uh, twenty fifteen. I met him. There was an event going on in Truro, which is where Jonathan Torrens is from. Just a little fact for you there. And uh, he was there, and they were doing a Back to the Future event where they they had the Back to the Future car and some other things. And then uh, inside the building uh, was uh, was Terry with some of his puppets, including a um, a fuzzy bear, and 
I think he had a Gonzo as well, but it was it was the Fozzie bear that he was that he was uh, working when I went in, and uh, I mean great guy. Of course, that was before we started the podcast, or it was very early on. I think it was like the month after we started the podcast. Like that's how like long ago it was. And I've been trying to get him on ever since, but he's so busy. And uh, we finally got the interview last week, so uh, we've got that coming up. But uh, first of all, it's been a while since the three of us have. Uh, spoke about what we've been up to. I mean, obviously, we did the John Dunsworth thing last time, but we didn't really talk to each other. So how the hell has everyone been? Scott, I know you went to uh, Toronto, and we did discuss that on on an episode not too long ago while you were away because you missed it again. But um, Yeah, tell the us. Halloween special. Yeah, the Halloween special. So tell us, man, tell us what that was like. Don't go on about it, just, you know. Well, are you going to let me answer? Oh, or are you going to answer for me? fuck's sake. So, but no, it was a, it was it was great. You know, I, I got to meet Wes, and believe it or not, I got a new respect for the kid, man. So, <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he wasn't all wild and crazy like uh, like you hear on, on on here. You know, because you know how he does my head in on this show. You know, so I was a little <laughs> nervous about meeting him. You know, because like, I was like, man, I want to enjoy myself. I don't want to be pissed off as soon as he walks through my hotel door. You know, my <laughs> luxurious slum hotel. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, like I said, Craig gets to stay at the resorts in the Hiltons. And I get to stay in the ghetto slums. <laughs> you know, it's your fault, isn't it? You should have uh, got some more money and got a better hotel. But people like seeing these really crappy, shitty hotels man because well, you know I, I i take a bullet for the team man I, I i provide a little humor at places i stay okay so with that said scott you just you've just acknowledged that people like to see this stuff where the fuck is it then man because we've only got part one so far on youtube if you go to our youtube channel listeners you'll see scott's part one of the hotel review so that suggests yeah, there's at least two. a part two and we're still waiting for it yeah, I gotta find it. Uh, oh, fucking hell, man. No, I got so many. I got lots of videos, I, and I just gotta put what's like pertinent to to the mission. And, uh, yeah, you know, we may have got a new feature out of it Powers and the Changs. <laughs> just quickly, very briefly, just discuss with us, because I, I did discuss it on the last episode. But what what happened? You went you went into the restaurant for breakfast. So it's a, it advertised free breakfast, and I woke up hungry. I'm always hungry, so I walked downstairs. Jesus, I walked downstairs, went into the dining room, and on the table they had loaves of bread <laughs> <laughs> and butter. You know, and I was <laughs> like it. looking, I was like hoping that there was like you know scrambled eggs or something, and it was just. Stale bread. <laughs> Did they have a toaster there? Yeah, but it partially worked. You know, you got a you got a line of people waiting to use a, a two toast toaster. <laughs> Seriously, that's it. Seriously. So then, I, I finally get my one piece of toast, and the butter was so hard, my plastic knife broke to put Why the butter on. Why didn't you go for somewhere else for breakfast? Just hold on there, John. Skimflint. And, <laughs> and I, I, I went and uh, got my one piece. I, I broke my plastic knife on there. They can't even provide, like, like plates, man. It's like paper <laughs> plates. 
and the butter came out of the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> so then I went and found my little table in the corner, and uh, I'm sitting there gnawing on my frozen butter toast. And and when you rub the butter on the toast, it makes the bread hard. So, <laughs> so then, some lady, I presume her name is Mrs. Chang, she she just sits sits down at my table, <laughs> looks around, just stares at me. I look at her, continue, and then I start messaging you. Then, another Mrs. Chang came and sat down at my table, and then they start. They start conversing with each other in their language, like I'm not even there. And then they get up and they come back with more toast. You know, I, I guess it looked like they won the lottery for toast. But <laughs> while they're up, Mr. Chang comes and sits down like damn near right next to me. <laughs> and was there all the and seats I, in the in the restaurant? No, they were all full of like Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> so then they sit down next to me and they're all like chit-chatting and whatever Mandarin or whatever they're talking in. I think you know, I think chit-chatting is the uh, actual name of the dialect. <laughs> That's an official language. <laughs> so they're chit-chat-chitting, you know, like rather well. And then Mr. Chang, he starts sneezing towards me. <laughs> and it was making me mad because I'm trying to cover my toast. You know, it's bad enough. I don't need more germs. And uh, then you got, got you got kicked off. It then. got too bad. I got booted out of my own table. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, all my cousins were all there wrecking your breakfast. <laughs> we, we say we say that like Chinese people are, are relations of Craig because Craig's dad's got Chinese eyes. <laughs> I, I still don't think it has, but whatever. <laughs> yes, man. He looks Chinese. Your dad. So I ended up. I got frustrated. I left a half a piece of toast on the table, <laughs> and, and then I, I got up, and I I walked out, and I was like, "Hey, I asked the uh, the hotel attendant. I'm like, where's Tim Hortons? Because it's Canada. There should be a Tim Hortons everywhere." So he's like, "Oh, you just you just go down to the the street. You turn left. You turn left again, and it's right there." I said, "Great, <laughs> thank you." So I. Go to the street, turn left, turn left again at the next street. There was a closed Tim Hortons. <laughs> Why would he send me to a closed, nothing in it, Tim Hortons? And it's like the banner was like hanging off. Like there's a banner outside saying Tim Hortons. I was like hanging off because you sent, you sent me a video of it. Yes. And, and <laughs> so I ended up walking about another 25 minutes, you know, to go find a breakfast place. See, if I'd have uh, if I'd have gone out down into that, I don't know what Craig would have done, but if I'd have gone downstairs into that restaurant and all I'd have found was loaves of bread, I would have left instantly and went somewhere else. So, I mean, what would you have done, Craig? I would have left anyway because looking at the video, it just looks absolutely fucking disgusting. So why didn't you, Scott? <laughs> That's my biggest question. Why did you sit down to feast on the toast? I was trying to be a cheapskate and save a dime. Fucking hell, <laughs> skinflint. <laughs> right so listen I, we obviously want to get through to our interview now with Terry but do, like, do you want to discuss very briefly how good the show was because you went to see Taggart and Torrens live or do you want to just do yeah. that after the interview yeah let's do it after okay so I was going to do the intro for this interview but then I figured well I can't really do it justice Scott can't really do it justice 
And Anakin Craig, obviously. I mean, the guy worked for the Jim Henson Company, so why don't we just let the man himself do it? Yeah, we had a kid that, um, that came and auditioned for us when we were doing Fraggle Rock in Toronto. And um, he came down from Nova Scotia. His, his teachers had actually taken up a collection to send him down. I said, please don't do this because, you know, we're going to take people from the Toronto area. And uh, this kid came and showed up, and, and I didn't know at the time, and he had cerebral palsy. And uh, he, he had made a little Kermit puppet of his own. Mm. It's this cloth Kermit puppet. And, you know, I said, uh, you know. But he put it on, and he was just wonderful. He was a terrific puppeteer. He worked Fraggle Rock for all five years wow. he did it. His name is Terry Angus. Welcome to the Major's Mess Hall. Today joining us is a world-renowned puppeteer who's worked with the greatest puppeteer of all times. I'm talking about Jim Henson. And, and our guest today still builds his own puppets and has done so much great work. And everybody may not know him as a person, but you know his work. I'm talking about Terry Angus. How's it going? Uh, Hi-ho. Uh, oh, sorry, wrong character. I, I, it's, uh, I'm doing uh, Kermit the Frog here, and uh, I, you know, I shouldn't be doing that. I'm not, not right now, anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, well, uh, uh, Terry, uh, you, you go right ahead. Thank you, Kermit. Hi, guys. How's it going, hey. Terry? It's not going too bad. <laughs> I just want to say again, thank you for uh, taking the time. It is an honor to have you on the show. Well, thank you. No, it's my honor. <laughs> Well, you haven't finished it yet, so, you know. <laughs> well, you could be right about that, you know. <laughs> you know, Gavin, Gavin's really excited about this also. I mean, he's a huge Muppet fan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I met you actually in uh, in 2015. It was quite brief, really. It was up in Truro. They were doing like a Back to the Future exhibition thing with the car. Oh and, yeah, yeah, I remember and, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. it was, and I didn't even expect to see you there. I mean, I'd already seen some of your work previously, and I can't remember the name of it. But there's a there's a small um, art gallery in Dartmouth, and you had like an, an exhibition on there of you, you. Some of your puppets were there, and I went along to see the puppets, but I unfortunately didn't get to see you that day. So when I sh- when I went to this thing in Truro and I seen you there, I was like, I was over the moon, and I, you know, I was going to get a chance to say hey. So we had a brief little chat, and it was really nice. So to have you on the show is is just fantastic. Oh well, thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that gathered. They stuffed me in a corner with just a few of my puppets there. Yeah, okay, I remember that. That's right. Yeah, you were you were you were sitting there with Fozzie. <laughs> the DeLorean there—that was the bigger star right there. Yeah, well, so I'm a big Back to the Future fan as well, so that that's that's the main reason why I went up there. And I did, like I said, I didn't even expect you to be there, and there you were. So it was just like uh, it was a plus point for me. Because I like I'm, I'm a massive. Good Scott, good Scott Marty, what are we going to do? 
<laughs> like I, I'm a I'm a massive uh, Jim Henson fan in general, and um, you know I grew up with Fraggle Rock and and the Muppets, wow. and uh, you know, and especially like the Muppets Family Christmas, which I know you worked on as well. And it's just an absolute I, honor. I love that special. Oh, it's just wonderful. It's, it's the best Christmas special ever, and like it's just like I say, it's just an honor to be able to talk to you now on on the podcast. So thanks so much for being with us. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. That was that was a fun special. I remember doing New Zealand in the back of the truck in the opening sequence. Oh wow! Uh, okay, I'll have to look out for that then. That's that's neat. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, Andy fish, I can throw it away, and he comes back to me. <laughs> Although normally Jerry, normally Jerry Nelson does that character, but I was just sort of filling in in the song, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I can't remember where it was. I was a brown grouch on one side of you know you know that great big sing along they did with the you know the great big living room piece. They had all the Muppets, yes. Street and everybody there. And uh, uh, in that piece, on one side of the room, uh, the side that had Big Bird, I was a brown grouch next to Big Bird. Uh, on the other side of the room, I was Floyd Pepper behind the couch. Ah. Uh, yeah, and they, Jerry threw a line for me to uh, have the mouth lip flap to, and they're trying to discuss uh, where some of the characters are going to uh, going to sleep, and they suggest the animal sleeps on a hanger, and Floyd <laughs> says, oh, "It's the only place animal ever sleeps, man." Uh, so I, I, got, I got to do that line for Jerry as he's saying it, kind of thing. So he said it, and I just flapped to it, kind of thing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of uh, did Gladys the cow in the uh, in the uh, Sesame Street one where they first come in and uh, was it Deck the Halls? I think they were doing Deck the Halls. Yeah, yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I got to do the line for Richard because Richard uh, felt too uh, didn't feel he was sort of under the weather, so uh, I had to uh, lip sync to his line in the song kind of thing with Gladys the cow. Yeah. So yeah, and. We got to do a Grover in another shot, which was very fun to do. He's <laughs> such a cute. He's such a cute guy. So these these, yes. these voices, do these just come natural to you, or do you spend a lot of time like tweaking them because wow. you 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 really do them so well? Well, they're natural now. I mean, back back when I was a kid, they were yeah. You, you were learning them. It took me uh, almost a year to perfect the Kermit voice. Uh, but I had the uh, you remember the old uh, Frog Prince special that they did. Way yes. back, you know, uh, and uh, uh, they had a record album out of that. So uh, I had one of those old Fisher Price Kermits, those uh, 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 the uh, the doll one, and yeah. I just sort of took this took the bottom out of it and sort of hollowed it out, and was able to use that until I found the puppet that they had for Fisher Price and use that. Uh, and I would just go line by line uh, during the record kind of thing. So I, you know, I had. Uh, Jim would say, "Hi ho, Kermit the Frog here," and then I would repeat, "Hi ho, Kermit the Frog here," and then I would continue the next line. And a real fantastic story to tell you, you know that kind of thing. And uh, that's what I did. That's how I trained, tried to train myself to do Kermit, and then I tried to do it naturally after that kind of thing. Others came easier. Others were, you know, then there were ones that were harder. Uh, Fancy Bear is really urge, really easy. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Really easy. Yeah, and he can also be he can also be Bert too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 
It's very, very close, yeah. See, my, my daughter's like, she loves the Muppets now as well. She's only three, but she absolutely loves everything Jim Henson. And we'll be watching it and she'll start telling me to do the voices. So she's got me practicing and I've got a came at the, <laughs> I've got a came at the frog puppet as well. So she's like, gets me to do that. And I know what you're saying. Like, you know, after, after so much of doing it, you do kind of pick it up and become better at it. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, Gavin, you also do Elmo. I meant really great. Oh, do you? Yeah, well, no. Let's, it's, hear, let's hear your it, Elmo. It's uh, um, okay. Um, well, thanks so much, Terry, for being here. We're so pleased to have you on our show. This is the Major's Mess Hall podcast. <laughs> That's great. That's great. It's just That's a little. It's a little guy. deeper. Who, who is this guy, Kermit? I am. He, he's 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 our host, Sam. He's our host. <laughs> <laughs> he, does a, he does a few good voices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Ernie, Ernie's just higher than Kermit. Kind of thing. Uh, Ernie is more kind of like that. That's it. Put my old Eddie Bert to sleep. You know, like hell he's asleep because his, his eyes are closed, which they usually are when he's asleep. Yeah, can't do Beaker because you got to inhale. To do that, I oh guess. yeah, that's, do you really? That's hard. Yeah, Richard Hunt said that he did it uh, uh, inhaling, so wow. it was, you know, kind of like that. It's really hard to do, kind of thing. But uh, wow. people do it mistakenly think that it's it's being projected out, kind of me 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 kind of thing like that. But it's not. It's uh, really listen to it. You can hear that he's doing it uh, intaking, kind of thing. Me 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 me, kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So so a lot of people they don't know, but. Actually, as a kid, I heard that uh, you started just by ripping puppets up and, and reconstructing them. <laughs> oh, that's tore horrible. Uh, no, um, <laughs> sounds so gross. Uh, uh, well, with 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 the with the very with the first current, which was the uh, with the Fisher Price toy. As I grew, my hand grew. So those things are only yay big, right? They're only so big, and your hand outgrows it. So I had to figure, well, I, I need a new Kermit. So I had to take it apart to figure out, okay, the mouth is built open because if you don't, then it's going to resist a little more and it's going to fold, the material is going to fold. So all puppets are built with their mouths open. Kind of thing. So it's just a matter of closing them. Kind of thing. And you figure out the body. And then I did a lot of uh, reading magazines to, to figure out how they did everything. Kind of thing. So that's, uh, that's how I learned how to build them. Kind of thing. And then when I um, I was in with Fraggle Rock, well then yeah yeah now you've got the the front seat to what's going on, and you can see how it all works out. And uh, uh, so I made some puppets, and they would show me how what I was doing right or wrong or whatever, and that's how I learned uh, the skills uh, and hone them uh, as you as you go along. Of course, you're going to get better and better. Kind of so it's uh, you keep doing it. So you, so you were eighteen when you first you went to audition for Jim Henson. Like, how how nervous were you for were doing that? Because I can't even imagine how nervous you must have been. Pretty nervous, but once you get in there, and the, it's like an adrenaline. Uh, you're you're kind of uh, in the moment. You know, you're you're it's going so fast and so furious that you're you're thinking a mile times. Your mind's going a mile a minute. So it that sort of takes the fear out of it a little but yeah when you the only time you're really nervous is before you go in kind of right thing. yeah 
once so, you're in there and and richard hunt does this whole uh does this whole routine like a drill sergeant <laughs> you know <laughs> then you're kind of working on adrenaline there kind of thing so what ha- so can you talk us through what happened when you went into the room to audition like what what was the setup was jim behind a table like what was what was the situation uh, no they were there was no real well there was a table beside us but not you know between us kind of thing i think if memory serves me right and there was a bunch of other people in there too it was like jerry jewel and a whole a whole whack of producers and stuff were in there with uh, not right up there with jim but sort of further behind kind of thing sitting on chairs and all that stuff you know um, and uh, Jim was sitting down in the chair, and I, I had the suitcase on the table, and I had the suitcase situated so that the when I opened it up, I would keep the cover sort of uh, hiding what's in there. Right. And I would bring them out one by one, and in those days, they were pretty, my puppets were pretty brutal in those days. They weren't that great looking, and uh, I left the Kermit puppet for Jim at the very end, and uh, uh, brought him out and said, hi, Daddy. <laughs> and Jim got a real kick out of that and said, oh, wow, that's great. <laughs> that's another me kind of thing. And, oh, my goodness, you know, that kind of thing. Um, uh, but Jim, Jim, Jim is more of a soft-spoken kind of guy. You know, he kind of talks you know, like that. Yeah, very soft-spoken, very yeah. quiet, soft-spoken. Uh, and uh, so I did the whole routine, and then after that, uh, they would all shout, characters at me you know like do do cookie monster yeah 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 me to do cookie yeah <laughs> dum de dum 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 me cookie monster because me love cookies oh you know, that kind of thing uh, and or you know they would they would show some other character ralph the dog hi i'm ralph the dog it's really great to be here you know ralph's a very cool character he plays the piano and he's a very laid-back character you know kind of thing so <laughs> Yeah, um so that's what they did and then uh they got down to discussion of whether the uh they would hire me or not, and um, or that kind of thing. Or actually, they, they no, that one didn't happen there. No, t- come on, Terry, tell the truth. Uh, <laughs> I forgot it what happened. Uh, and then uh, actually, before it was before I knew it, Jim was pulling out this book, and a lot of people know of this book and love it. It's called uh, The Making of the Muppet Show of Muppets and Men. Very good book. I recommend it if you can get a hold of it because it's very rare these days. Because heck, it's not printed anymore. Uh-huh. Anyway. He opens up the book, and he signs inside of it, uh, Hi, Terry, uh, from Kermit the Frog, the other one, kind of thing. (laughs) And I didn't know if I had the job or not. I was thinking, well, this is either a thank you very much for coming. Uh, Here's a book, and don't trip on the way out. You know, uh, don't let the door hit you. Um, So I said, uh, does this mean I got the job? And he looked at me, oh, yeah. Kind of matter of factly, and then that's how I figured. Okay, I got it. Okay, wow. Kind of thing, and then and then all the other guys were worried. <laughs> oh my God, Jimmy's just a kid. Oh my, oh she, you know, uh, Martin Baker and all those guys were all getting kind of concerned and all that stuff because uh, after all, I do have cerebral palsy, and that's something that you have to consider somewhat. Uh, that in those days, not. At that time, I was pretty darn good. Uh, I had a very mild case in those days. Today, I've got a very bad back. But uh, in those days, I was pretty good. Uh, But there's still, you know, the stigma of the cerebral palsy. That's as much as anybody, you know, a lot of these, a lot of people want to know. Yeah. 
So and the fact that you walk with a limp. So they it's an automatic assumption that oh my God, he's not going to be able to handle all this stuff kind of thing. And they were like, you know, are you sure about this, Jim? And he says, oh no, I think he'll do fine kind of thing. And that sort of silenced everything. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, because Jim had sort of, in a very nice way, put his foot down. And he no, 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 I think he's going to do just fine. Kind of thing. And, and that was the uh, that was the end of that. So I went out on a high out the door there. I was floating out kind of thing. I, my feet didn't <laughs> I, hit the floor. I, I can only imagine. I can only imagine you must have been on cloud nine. And then, of course, yeah, uh, yeah. At one point, he was quote Jim. Jim was quoted as as referring to you as a terrific puppeteer. I mean, you can't you can't have any better than that, can you? That's amazing. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I, th- that would be the. Um, is that the Regis and Kathy Lee? Yes, the, yes. the Re- yes, the Regis and Kathy Lee. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I happened to catch, I, I, I caught, caught that on YouTube. Somebody told me it was up there and gave me a link to it, and I went over to it and seen it, kind of thing. And I thought, oh my, okay, that's nice. That's very nice. That's amazing. <laughs> As Jim would say, oh, that's very nice. Yeah. Do you think nowadays it's like harder to perform with the puppets when like a lot of people are shifting towards like uh reality shows and all that oh yeah it is definitely and also animation and computer animations uh taking the 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 steam out of it kind of thing plus uh it's not new anymore uh when the muppet show and fraggle rock were around uh and around fraggle rock it was starting to you know uh okay this is not new anymore kind of thing but around the muppet show especially that's a new thing puppets on television that could do things that's new and exciting and different. And Jim knew how to pull, push the envelope of that kind of thing. And then after about the point of probably the Jim Henson hour, and uh, because that didn't last more than, what, 12 episodes or whatever, uh, neither did Blizzard Island for that matter, which was my own show. And um, uh, that, um, I think it became an old hat, old trick kind of thing. But I mean, it was still the 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 Muppets still kept alive from that point, you know, till till the moment. But still, it's not as new and unique as it was back then. The thing that makes something really uh, wonderful to people is something new, something wonderful, new and and exciting kind of thing. Uh, puppets on television is not a new thing anymore. It's it seems like, you know, puppeteering is now almost a lost art yeah you know like you said everybody is starting to shift towards animation and graphic you know computer graphics which i really hate because there's no imagination you you know i'm i'm 44 and i still love puppet stuff you know and probably too (laughs) to you it means a lot more i mean you were part of it you know yeah yeah and and i was uh nine when Fraggle Rock came on, and and I always thought that was amazing, you know, and well, and, actually, <laughs> and, and yeah. actually get to talk to someone like yourself, yeah. it, it, I I feel again honored, you know. You've made so many people in the world laugh, man. You brought in darkest times. You brought like kids like a light. You know what I mean? I mean, well, I think I do. That's more of Jim and those guys. I just I was just along for the ride. You well, you were part it. of you were part of the train though, Terry. That's the thing. You know, you were you you helped get that train moving, and especially today as well. Like nostalgia is so big. Like it's all about nostalgia. Like I'll still get the Fraggle Rock DVDs out and watch them now today, and I still enjoy it. 
Like it's a, oh, nice. it's a really fond memory, and to just to go back to that time of when nothing else mattered because you were just a kid, like just right. just wonderful. I was like watching the um, what was it called under, under the under the oh my gosh, what was the name of that? Now it's it's what Matt Vogel and those guys are doing for Sesame Street, sort of like a uh, oh below the a week, below the frame uh, while they're doing that's it below the frame, and he's asked a person asked them. What was the first puppet that you that you did for Henson when, on the show? And I'm thinking back. Well, what was the first one I did on Fraggle Rock? Kind of thing because I, I it's it's I, I had to sit there and I t- I thought to myself, Gosh, what was the first one that I did <laughs> on Fraggle? I think. Oh my gosh, I think it was either the Jackhammer Doozer in Working, Working, Working. <laughs> or it was a tunnel creature uh, when they were trying to do the first version of the theme song, which was one of their, I think it was a top liver monster kind of thing from Muppet Show brought over to Fraggle Rock and made more like to be in in the tunnel kind of thing, ah. or Fraggle Rock. Uh, they, they reused some of, those, some of those old background puppets now, from Muppet Show kind of thing. Or- Weasels became something else kind of thing. Working with like you know the puppets, the dozers, they they were a lot smaller, of course, than the the hand puppets, or you know the bigger. It was is man, it, it has to be harder to even work with them. They were very hard because you're um, they were first run by rod control, and they called them rat control dozers because the devices were originally used on the Muppet Show rats kind of thing. It's this long rod and you pull a trigger that has a spring in the mouth and some ball bearings on the bottom of the trigger so you can turn and tilt the heads and all that stuff and with a uh, finger into a loop with that's uh, monofilling up, goes up into the doozer, up into the mouth and it's sort of like a trap door type of mouth uh, and you're pulling it to open it and letting it go to shut. Um, it, uh, it's very hard because it's so small and you're so big. So when you're trying to hold it still for performance, it's very hard because something that small, you can't have it go flying all over the place. Not like a kin with a hand puppet. Uh, and you have to keep it steady in one place. So they found that very hard, even for Jim and, and those guys, uh, for Richard, Dave, Steve, and, and, and those guys, it was hard as well. So Foz uh, came up, Foz uh, um came up with this, Focus, uh came up with uh, this radio control device that uh, you use a glove and mitt. You put your hand in this glove, and whatever you make it do, the mouth on the doozer will do by sending a radio signal over across from the studio floor to the uh, doozer, and you had this bar on the bottom. This is hard to do because you, you can't see what I'm doing, but... <laughs> it has a bar on the bottom that has a uh, ball bearings and stuff. You tilt it and pull it around, and the body tilts and pulls around and all that stuff. You can turn it and have the head turn and everything else, and uh, a copycat type of situation. Um, and that's what they ended up with the doozers. So that became two people would work the doozers. Uh, uh, one of us guys or something would hold the doozer up while Dave, Steve, or uh, Richard, or whoever would be doing the main, uh, what we called the uh, mitt. The gaggle mitt because it was also used in running a lot of the radio control gaggles slash fraggles 
in the background of the set. The problem is you could tell all those guys because radios, unlike a natural hand, it's very choppy. It, it jerks kind of thing. Yeah. So when you have the head go back and forth, it's not going to slide. It's not going to slide naturally. It's going to go wonk, 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 kind of thing like that. And uh, uh, they, you can tell. So uh, although it was used for the first and second season, I think halfway through this, maybe to the latter of the second season, they did away with the radio control gaggles because it was too obvious. Kind right. Of thing. And we had them all run by hand, unless we had to have one maybe two in there, then we could get away with it. Problem with the gaggles, fraggles, uh, with the one mitt, they're doing exactly the same thing, kind of thing. So one might be turned one way, the head's not quite focused, and the other one is, kind of thing, if you know what I mean by that, sort of thing. So, See, this, um, this is the thing, is that like, you, you know, you're, you're telling us this, and it's like, as viewers, we don't see any of this stuff. We just see the simple, you know, it looks very simple, but it's not. It sounds like it's so intricate behind the scenes, like gives you a whole new appreciation for it. Yeah. Well, did you know that the very last, second to the last episode, which was the, uh, what was it, the Honk of Honks, I believe it was called, and that's where Cantus gets Gobo to run over and get all these things that honk, you know, horns and all that kind of stuff, gets it all together so they can do a big song at the end. Well, the big song at the end, for one of the shots, they had to tear the puppets, which meant that they had to cut off part of the frame and do sort of like almost like a have a the, uh, blue screen out or something like that. The bottom half of the frame and they did the top section, I think, first and the bottom second uh, section second or it was the other way around. One or the other. It's been a long time, guys, you know. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was something like that. So it looks like there's more in the one frame than there actually is. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of neat tricks like that done. And the gorgs were run the same way with the same gaggle mitt, uh, we were able to, which was the hand glove thing uh, with the radio control. They were able to control the gorgs' mouths and eyes. And while a mime inside, which was usually uh, 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 Rob Mills, Gord Robertson, Trish Leeper, and for the final season, Frank Meshkel. And... Uh, um, they were in, inside the Gord costumes while Richard Hunt, uh, Cheryl Wagner, and Jerry Nelson would do the mouths and the eyes with the radio controls kind of thing. So, Fuegos! <laughs> the, the Gorgs used to terrify me when I, was, when I first seen the show. I was so scared of them because they were so big and they had these big faces with giant eyes. When I tell you, when I get a hold of those fuegos, I'm going to take them. I'm going to poke them in the eye. <laughs> walk, I did that thing. Anyway. <laughs> and then you were in the, the movie Follow That Bird. Oh, yeah. that is yeah, my daughter's follow, favorite movie. Follow That Bird. I was in very little of that. Uh, uh, I should have. <laughs> they asked me to stay, and I, I should have stayed. But I was, I was uh, yeah, it didn't happen that way because I had to do other things. So, um I only got to do a piece of that thing. I got to do the street scenes, uh, which was the um, uh, in the opening where Big Bird is coming roller skating in in the opening sequence. I am uh, in I'm in Biff. That's right. I'm in Biff uh, at a fire station with a fireman playing checkers with him or something like that. But it's so small on the screen you can hardly see it. Yeah. It's, it's you know it's it's big widescreen movie you know, and when you get that on a television. Well, then that's, that's got to get smaller, kind of thing. 
I did uh, Cookie Monster in Hooper's store for when they're plotting the rescue of Big Bird. They have that um, have this great big clear glass type of map with uh, you know little figures of Big That's Bird. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Them in the floppy jo- sloppy jalopy or what? I forgot now what that was called. <laughs> uh, and this is a funny outtake type of thing. I was doing Cookie Monster and um, I was uh, in front of this jar of uh, Smarties. So between the takes, uh, I would pull down Cookie Monster because Cookie Monster can't be up all the time. And uh, <laughs> on the screen, you would, on the monitor, you'd see my hand come up and go inside the uh, jar and grab some Smarties, and I ate them. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard over the over the speaker, which whoever's doing in front of the uh, Smarties, please don't eat the prop. <laughs> <laughs> I felt, oh well, my you were God. just you were oh. just getting into character, you know. You're playing Cookie Monster, so you got to oh. eat some candy. Well, me, me, me got to sneak something, no cookies. So you know, Smarties, Smarties <laughs> sometimes food. You know, just like vegetables, sometimes food. Smarties sometimes food too. Yeah. Dum dee dum dum dum. What's going on? Oh, look over there, everybody. Oh, Smarties. Ha uh-huh. <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> so while while we're talking about the uh, follow that bird movie, you know, there's a running joke on this podcast that me and and our other host Craig, who's not here today, we say that Scott sounds a little bit like Oscar the Grouch slash Big Bird. We say so. I don't know what you think. Do you think he sounds a little bit like him? We think he sounds a lot like Oscar. Well, we had one, we had we had we had one episode, and I really hate trash. I I, I, I don't. I don't know. I never heard it. I never <laughs> it's heard it. It's not bad. It's, it's, uh, he does it more through the nose, I think. It's, it's kind of more kind of, you know, kind of like that. Although although I can't even do it myself. Um, not too well. Uh, you know, um, can't wait for my trash can. That's about the best I can do. <laughs> yeah. I know when I'm beat. But anyway. Uh, well, we, we had one episode where... We did like a really messed up intro. We did Sesame Street characters, and oh and people are like, "Oh, dude, you sound like Big Bird." And I was like, "I don't, I don't sound like Big Bird," you know. And <laughs> and uh, and higher, go higher, go higher. You know, I just don't understand. There you go. You're getting closer now. Just a pitch bit higher. <laughs> you know, you know how's this sound? Well, it's kind of like that, I think. Yeah, right. That's one way to get into it is to do the la 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 thing. And I think my wife would hit me. Yeah, well, see, yeah, my t- for me. Phrases to get into characters. See, I always sing. I always sing the Big Bird song, so I'll go in. La 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 Big Bird song. And that's yeah, a, that's good. That's, that's good, how yeah. I get into it for my daughter. She loves it. Yeah, that's great. That's very good. Yeah, yeah. I'll fix you, Elmo. <laughs> I got this bear trap, and Elmo would never know. <laughs> I'm, that, I'm just kidding, has, everybody. Don't don't get mad at me. I'm just kidding. He has to be a crazy like puppet to operate. I mean, don't he have to have like one hand controlling the head up in the air? And then the other hand controls one arm yeah. as he's inside. Sometimes That's... too, if depending upon if it's the arm wires, then you do too. Oh, that... Sometimes. That's wow. a lot of patience. 
Yeah, you have to coordinate this uh, sort of thing. So one hand can control two hands of, of, of a arm wired character. Uh, live hands, of course, like Fozzie Bear. Well, then, then, yeah, now you need somebody else to do the other hand or pin the thing. Yes. You know, yeah. as, as a puppeteer, and what did you think of the new release of the Muppets? Uh, was it last year or two years ago? And, and I mean, for some reason, the Muppets don't last no more on TV, which I think is a shame. Well, again, this is the old it's been done type of thing. Yeah, it's, they, it's now they, old hat. I think it might be that, or it's just maybe I don't know. Um, it it um, people then also say it doesn't have the heart of Jim. Well, that may be true too. But also, um, and then and then there were people that would say, "Oh, well, that's got too much adult humor." I beg to differ there because uh, Jim in the Muppet Show had adult humor. Yeah, uh, which you know to to for them to say oh they're not they're not the cute and you know friendly you know wonderful characters they were back then well they couldn't be because you need it strike to make them work kind of thing and um <clears throat> they um they did some uh adult stuff there and, you know too not not you know it's to be like um uh for example Kermit is talking to Scooter and Scooter's talking about uh oh, awesome I'm managing the great Gonzo now. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I gave him a 40-page mandatorial contract. Uh, what did he do with it? Uh, he ate it. <laughs> well, let's hope the contract is not binding. <laughs> uh, how many? Yeah, that's that old human. That was Jim Henson and Richard Hunt, you know, as, as Scooter the Goker. And so, you know, um, there you go. No kid is going to get that, but the adults are going to love it. You know, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, just to say... Yeah, there is such a thing as going too far with adult humor. Yeah, you can go really too far with this, you know, and and yeah, you can offend if you're not too careful. But way back when, you know, it um, uh, plus people are a little more sensitive today, so you can't do the same things you did back in the in the seventies or sixties or or eighties for that. Yeah, matter. you've got to roll with the times. Yeah, because uh, 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 some of that stuff, although funny, was somewhat not appropriate you know, kind of thing, uh, but then was appropriate at the same time, you know. Jim wasn't going too, you know, too far with, with what they did, but, you know, in the case, you know, same case with the old Warner Brothers cartoons, uh, there, there are things there you can't do today, you know. <laughs> you know you yeah, it's it's that. true, it's true. You know, uh, so, yeah, it's a whole whack of different things, you know, there's so many complexities to what's what's going on with these new shows and stuff, uh, why it didn't work. There's so many people uh, chip, throwing in the hat of what they think is not working. Well, t- talking of that, of having an opinion on what works and what doesn't work, like um, obviously like most recently it's been Steve Whitmere, who was obviously the, the voice of Kermit the Frog for many, many years. And uh, obviously now he's no longer working with the Muppets. Like what, right. what, what do you think about that whole thing? I mean, for me as a fan, it was such a shame the way it ended. Well, it's a it's too bad the way it ended, um, and uh, I feel bad for Steve on one uh, on on a lot of ways. But in another way, when Steve did take over, I have to be honest. I I did not like the voice of Kermit the Frog, and I never did. It's not that I didn't like Steve. I love Steve all the pieces. He was a wonderful guy. I worked with him on Fraggle Rock. You know, I had no problems with him. But um, he to me would you know could never be. Kermit 
in yeah. my opinion. So, but that's just my opinion uh, because it just to me does not sound like Jim. Matt Vogel, on the other hand, does come closer to Jim's Kermit than Steve does. I have to be honest. Yeah, but when I first heard Matt's Matt's uh, rendition, which wasn't that long ago, actually, it was in one of the uh, the Muppets Thoughts of the Week, and uh, I was a little bit like, I think just because it was so different from Steve's, I was a little bit like, whoa, that doesn't sound like Kermit. But then the more I listened to it, I was like, actually, that's more Jim than Steve. Yeah. And then I've yeah, since seen a little bit more, and actually, he's actually really good at doing the voice, so I'm I'm quite happy with where that where Kermit is now. Yeah, same here. Uh, I've seen a few more clips. I think one of them from the what was it, Dancing with the Stars? I think it was. Yeah, uh, is the latest. Uh, and and I thought, yeah, and he's and Matt's doing wonderful with that. I think it sounds more like Jim's. And but the thing is, too, uh, remember since Jim passed away, it's you've been exposed. Most of the public's been exposed to Steve's Kermit, so that becomes the regular kind of yeah. thing to them. Yes, me who I've always known Jim didn't like it because to me it just wasn't jim and how could it be jim henson is jim henson steve whitmire is steve whitmire terry angus is terry angus uh matt vogel is matt vogel you know and there we go i mean i can i can sort of do kermit there sort of but it's not really truly like jim's kermit i mean i you know it's, it's close but you know uh but uh you know uh, uh, some people would say this sounds really terrible but uh and then I would cry and, you know, uh, sob in a corner, and that would be the end of that, you know? <laughs> I, I, no, I think all your impressions are pretty close, to be honest. I'm impressed well, with them all. You. So, oh, uh, um, in, in 2000, or around early 2000s, you were commissioned to, to build some of the prototypes for the, uh, the, the Master Replicas company. For some, you were, yeah. so, the Master Replica puppets, yes. So what was yeah. that like? Because I know that you, I know that the ones that actually were released were was uh, the Gonzo one, which I actually own. I I've got the Gonzo one here, and uh, yeah, the, there was the, there was there was Kermit, Gonzo, Animal, and Fozzie, but Fozzie never got to into mass production. I know, such a there. shame. When they came to me with it, it, and it was through a friend of a I guess a friend of a friend it uh, that uh, that brought me into the thing, and. Uh, uh, Ken Plume was a friend of mine, and he knew the guy at the time that was running the Master Replicas line, or was going to, for the uh, Muppet Master Replicas, and uh, they asked if I would give it a shot, and I said, well, um, uh, you do realize I don't have the patterns to them, therefore I cannot 100% guarantee for their accuracy, and they say, well, just give Kermit a try. And I gave Kermit a try without the patterns and tried to make them on my own. Um, I um, I did that, and they liked it. They said that one of the Henson girls saw it and liked it a lot, kind of thing. They kind of had she had kind of a fond look in her eye, according to Ken Plume, uh, about it. And so that's how I got the the gig. And then they say, okay, well, let's, can you make Gonzo and Animal and Fozzie? And I said, well, okay, hold on here now. Uh, <laughs> it's one thing to Kermit the Frog, and uh, that was very hard, and I don't, I don't even know if it's the correct size or whatever. But uh, I'm not going to do these guys unless you give me the patterns to do them. Otherwise, the, you're calling them replicas. They ain't. They're not. 
yeah. not replicas if you don't give me the patterns because if you want them to be spot on then i gotta have these things because i i gotta know the size and everything so um i finally got partial kermit the frog patterns and i got patterns for gonzo uh, um uh, animal and fozzy kind of thing and uh, so i made you know those guys first and they turned out wonderfully but he <laughs> when they sent the, them to china to uh, to use as a guide yeah. kind of thing. So I would build them. I would build the one, maybe two or three of them for them. And they would send one of them to China, and I guess the other two they used to try to market it or whatever. And um, they decided that, okay, there's going to have to be some changes made in the factory because uh, the Muppets don't have a very long lifespan. They don't have a very long life. So uh, they're like, to me, it's about 15 years, maybe to 20, or the last, so I've heard some people say 10 years, five. Uh, with me, at my experience, it's been like 15, kind of thing, uh, depending upon probably the foam you've got, how old it is. And um, anyway, so they, they change things, and we're having little problems with them here and there. And some of the people liked them. Some of the people hated them because, of course, uh, of the changes. Because, well, when you change something, you change something. I mean, I learned that back in Fraggle Rock. When I asked uh, Tim Miller, uh, when I was making uh, uh, my background puppet Morris from Fraggle Rock, uh, he, I said, well, if I use soft foam, is that going to change it from the reticulated foam that you guys use for these guys? And he said, oh, yeah, anytime you change something it's going to change the look slightly yeah so that's where i learned that from the but then you know they were they were telling me oh no it's going to look great and all that stuff and okay yeah they had to get it down to you know 500 or something like that per character or was it 200 i can't remember because uh uh to be honest a muppet is very expensive to build it's a very expensive thing to build uh they're about they're in the thousands Wow. Yeah. They're wow. quite in the thousands. That's amazing. Um, Fozzie is, is ranging in the 5,000 there. Wow. Uh, and uh, this is time to build it. You know, this is putting in your time and um, all that kind of the parts. And you've got to get the fur dyed because there is no Fozzie fur out there. There is none. Uh, Henson, uh, Henson couldn't even find Fozzie fur after a certain time. They had to end up trying to get it, you know, get some regular fur and get it dyed somehow. Uh, and uh, that's what I ended up having to do. And Puppet Heap as well, which took over for Henson uh, uh, with Disney. So you have a hard time trying to find all that, and you're trying to you're trying to recapture everything kind of thing. So and you're making Fozzie's tie, and you're making his hat, and you're you're you got to get the eyes right and all that stuff. And uh, every time I built a Fozzie, it got better and better, of course. So, yeah, uh, so that's what goes into them. When, when China got them, they had to change them. And uh, when it got into Fozzie, the mass production of Fozzie, uh, they somehow, every time China sent back a, a, a version, their version, it was really bad. It was terrible. It was awful. And they tried to get them to do it right. And finally, they just said, no, we're not doing the contract. That's it. We're done. Uh, kind of thing. Such a and shame. that's sort of what the beginning of the end. 
And so they had to hunt for another place and uh, they never found a place. And then uh, FX tried to take over and do it. And they got as far as Kermit, um, Rizzo, uh, but only in prototype. They never got to mass produce it kind of thing. Never got into the mass production. Such a shame. I mean, I'd I'd love to eventually get uh, the the Kermit one and the uh, animal one. But right now the Gonzo one has just got pride and joy. Uh, pride of place in the uh, in the basements at the moment, just on display. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. go to I'm gonna go to the new IKEA actually and get one of those glass cabinets and put them in there. Because uh, oh yeah, oh, that's a good idea. That's absolutely. A good idea. Well, so the only thing I need now, I want to get your signature on the stand. So hopefully, I'm gonna get to meet you again one day, and I'll bring the stand along with me, and you can you can sign it for me. Sure, sure. Uh, <laughs> Did you did you want it written in that silver marker type thing? Or did... Yeah, see, I don't know why gr- great minds think alike. That's exactly the color that I would go for. I get one of those silver yeah, sharpies and bring it along. I'm trying to think. Will that even stay on it? Yeah, will that dry on and stay on? Kind of thing. Yeah. I think it will. Yeah, we've say. used it for autographs before. Like we met some of the cast of the Trailer Park Boys, and they've signed things for us, and it's it's been it's oh, stayed yeah. on. So. And then your other big creation. I actually watched uh, the the Easter thing today of. Uh, Butch G Cat in the Oh the the rabbit, yeah, yeah. The Trump Yeah, he was bunny. polishing what? up his golden egg. Yeah, yeah. I the I call him Trump Bunny. Kind of thing. <laughs> Trump Bunny. <laughs> yeah, Trump Bunny. Well, we based him off of uh, of Trump, of, of Donald Trump there. Right. Uh, <laughs> he's gonna build a big wall around his rabbit hole. <laughs> it's be the biggest, the best hole, because I know holes. I got the biggest ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Even better. It's gonna be a better wall, better than the one in China. <laughs> so yeah, I did both of those guys and uh uh Butch played the straight guy in that one, kind of thing. Uh you know, uh, and the rabbit was the comedy part of it, I guess. Uh, yeah, you, uh, you know, again, being forty four years old, I still laughed at that. You know, yeah, thank it, you. It's, thank you. I, I I still love, you know, like you got these ventriloquists out and they're still like doing really well, you right. know, and, and like this one that just won America's Got Talent. I yeah, forget I saw her name. that. Darcy Lane. Amazing. Isn't she just amazing? I, I don't know how she gets her voice like that perfectly. Well, she blew me away. She blew me away because she was that good. Uh, yeah. And to be able to sing that loud and that good at that age and her her ability to keep it so that it doesn't look like her mouth is moving at all is really uh, phenomenal you know it's, it's just over the moon with her I, I, I mean she definitely isn't Edwin Burt or uh, 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 who's Charlie McCarthy Edward uh, Ed, Ed, Edgar Bergen yeah, I mean, when he talked, you could really see his mouth moving. You know? Yeah, I know that's the thing. Yeah, that was the that was the sad part about it. Uh, you know, although, although he was revered quite a bit, though. you know, he, he was revered as the greatest ventriloquist well, at the time. I, I, I mean, he um, made he made a uh, he made puppeteering big on the radio, being a ventriloquist. Yeah. You know, and yeah. no one seen him. Well, you couldn't you couldn't miss. Nobody could see it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Even when he was on. Yeah, uh, Indeed, he, even when he was on Muppets Take Manhattan, you know that was his last uh, thing he ever filmed. Uh, that would be the Muppet movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, the yeah, Muppet wrong movie. Money. It's okay though. Man, uh, <laughs> <laughs> people say that uh, Charlie McCarthy is sitting in the Smithsonian Institute right now, and he's yeah. never talking again. That's what I've heard. Yeah. 
you know, again, this is the whole thing with puppeteerians disappearing, you know? And, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. it's really sad, me thinking about all these puppets throughout, you know, as long as I can remember. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and how they're not around no more. There's still, there I is hope still, Darcy can bring all back. <laughs> there is still some, there's still some stuff going on as well. I mean, like, there's, there's a new show that's, uh, it's a Jim Henson production. It's called The Fairchester Hotel, and it's a UK-based show and 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 Alamo Alamo and Cookie Monster are actually on it and um all what, the rest What's the name of that? It's called Fairchester Hotel. Okay. Yeah, and, I think uh, I might have heard of it. Okay, yeah. I'll send you a link to something on YouTube so you can see it, yeah, but it's, please, it's funny cuz all the all the characters are all British accent characters apart from Elmo and Cookie Monster. Yeah, Cookie doesn't sound like this so much anymore. No. <laughs> no he sounds a little bit different now. Yeah. So do you have any like upcoming projects or anything? We are sort of visiting the old uh, Blizzard Island series. Oh, nice! Uh, of the uh, that I did, um, I co-created back in the '80s, and we were thinking of uh, writing some books on it. Kind nice, that'll be awesome. So uh, it'll sort of be it won't be televised or anything like that because. Uh, it, another thing, another reason why puppets aren't really used that much is it is very expensive to produce a show. You know, it's uh, I think at the time, uh, and, and I don't know if I'm correct about this, but either two or one episode of Fraggle Rock was under was about under half a million dollars to produce. Whoa, wow! I believe I could be wrong about that, but I believe because I remember them telling me that Bl- that Blizzard Island. Two episodes of that was under half a million dollars. I think they used the blue screen more than we did for that kind of thing. Is that because of like, like, like using blue screens and all that? Blue screens, the ultimate machine, which is it was it. You know, it's a computer that is able to to uh, to mix the two keys, the two elements together, kind of thing. One element from the two different cameras. Uh, the fraggles in front of the blue screen would be on top of the garden that they would be shooting with the other camera kind of thing. So, you know, it's that kind of, you're matting one set of things on top of another kind of thing. And uh-huh. um, that's very expensive as well as, uh, you've got to think about the technology that's inside of the gorgs. Uh, that's the radio controls and the doozers and the gaggles. And then there's the puppets themselves, which a lot of people fool themselves into thinking that these puppets are only, oh, what? They're only, what, a couple of hundred, maybe three hundred, five hundred dollars, you know, kind of thing. No, these things are about two thousand dollars each, practically. Maybe more than that, even. Wow. Huh. So hey, that's hey, a lot of money. And, and performers, no. Right. Hey, we're going to wrap this up, but before we leave, can camera we... crew, tech crew? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> can you tell? Can before we yell cut? Can you uh, <laughs> can you tell the people where they could find you your stuff at? You know, like like websites or oh 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 yeah www.anguspuppets.com. Thank thank you thank you. You're we very have... welcome. Yeah, thanks so so much, Terry. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. You're very welcome. This is Maxime Molly, and you're listening to Majors Metal. Yeah, I really loved talking to him. I did. I had mixed feelings about talking to Terry, you know, because obviously you know, like, 
way more on the Muppets and and all that than I did, and and uh, I really enjoyed it, man. I, I was like a kid. I, you know, like I said before, you know, hearing all the different voices and all that brought back mem- memories. Yeah, definitely. And, and of course, and, you know, he, he said that you know when when you're here in Nova Scotia, we can go and uh, see his workshop. So that would be amazing just to go in and see because I've seen I've seen videos and photographs of his workshop and it, it it's like every Muppets fan's dream, so it would be amazing to see it. And like I said, like I told him, gonna have to pick you off the floor as soon as he opens up. <laughs> You're not gonna know how to act. Maybe he'll give you a Fozzie Bear. I'm sure he got an extra one laying around. <laughs> right. So Taggart and Torrance, how amazing was the show? You know, it, it was really cool. Me and Wes, we walked an hour and a half to the show. When you get a taxi? And, uh, no, because I wanted to see Toronto, and we had some time to kill, so we are just walking around the city looking. And again, he wasn't doing my head in. He was really awesome, man. I meant, like the pub crawl, we just took turns buying each other food and all that. And, and uh, we met some people along the way that were pretty cool. So... We're it's almost funny there. Just, uh, sorry, it's just funny that you're saying how wonderful he was, but he says you were a tit. <laughs> 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 no, he didn't really. I'm just joking. <laughs> I was about to text him. <laughs> <laughs> no, so we see. I, I see uh, t- Taggart uh, unloading merchandise, and then I seen uh, Jonathan Torrance pop up, and instead of going to the crosswalk. We, we walked across the busy street, and, and Wes is, like, putting his hands up to cars saying, whoa, whoa, stop, stop, <laughs> you know, and cars were getting kind of pissed off, you know, and then uh, Taggart looked up, and he's like, what's up, Mayor of Green Bank? And uh, and and uh, Jonathan Torrance said, and Scoots from Majors Mess Hall. So I got to go meet some bods and all that at the bar across the street, went to the show, had an absolutely amazing time. It was a very emotional period because Gord Downey just died that day, and and John died two days before. So you know there was a lot of talk and all that of what was going on, and it, you know you just you got really into it. And uh, just for the listeners that don't know, Gord Downey was the lead singer of the Tragically Hip. He was diagnosed with brain cancer last year, I think. And um, yeah, I think they I think they gave him like five years, and I mean, he got like sixteen months. So it's been it's been a real kick for the country. But uh, that's who Scott was talking about when he says "God Downey." I'm glad you had a good time. Though. I'm glad it was a good day, uh, <clears throat> a good show. I mean, I've I've seen them before myself, and I knew you'd be, I knew you'd enjoy yourself. But I mean, seeing them in, seeing them in a different city, it's you're excited anyway, and obviously you want it to be worthwhile. So, and then I was texting you, and you're like, "Get this stuff on video, man! It's gold." <laughs> Craig, what have you been up oh. to? Have you been up to? I mean, you know, obviously Scott's done that. He's had a really good time. I've been working hard on the podcast, doing little side interviews and stuff, doing a music video on Sunday, which I'm looking forward to. Craig, what have you been doing? <sighs> nothing. Fucking hell, mate. Seriously, nothing. I swear, I haven't done much lately. Jesus fucking Christ. Are you looking forward to me coming home for Christmas? <laughs> yeah. Canal. That was a little bit more upbeat than I thought. That's good. Yeah, I'll be um, going back to the UK for a month at Christmas time, so we're going to be doing a couple of pre-recorded episodes to play uh, while I'm away, um, but then we'll be back 
full force next year in January. Um, but we got we still got a few more episodes to go anyway this year. Um, but yeah, okay. So Craig's not done anything. I've not been very busy. Scott's obviously had a busy time. He's talked about it. One thing I have done that I've been working on is a new feature for this podcast. It's called "Who the Fuck Is That," and it's basically <clears throat> clips of uh, impressions and you guys. And this is just a th- this is just a tester for the first time we play this. Uh, you guys are gonna guess who it is. Um, it's our friend Tom, Clusterhead Tom, Tom Termia. He uh, he's he's really good at impressions, or some people might say he's not good at impressions. But either way, his impressions are hilarious. Um, and if they're not hilarious, then they're bang on exactly what the celebrity sounds like. So I've got a clip here of Tom. I'm going to play. Um, it's it's not going to be Tom every time. It can be anyone. If you've got if the listeners out there have got an impression of someone that you want to send in, send it in. We will play it on. Who the fuck is that? And uh, yeah, I'm excited. You guys excited for this little feature? Yeah. yeah. You don't sound that Scott. You sound depressed. <laughs> Let's get on with it. Oh, for f- no. fuck's sake. Okay, this is Who the Fuck Is That? Good theme. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Are we I ready? Thought the, I thought I thought the silence was that you seen his ass. <laughs> <laughs> right, you ready for the uh, the impression, guys? Yeah. Okay. Try your best now to guess this. Um, I'm only going to play it once. So you've only got one time. Just going to give you a little bit of a tip on what's going on here. Tom likes to go through drive-throughs of Tim Hortons, McDonald's, whatever, and when he pulls up to the little box to, order, to place his order, he likes to do impressions. So he'll just, you know, he might do Arnold Schwarzenegger or something at the thing, and then when he pulls up to the window, he's back to his normal self. So that's what he's doing here. So you'll hear someone else speaking. It's the woman in the Tim Hortons drive-through. Here we go. I'm from Chicago. I hear the coffee is really good. Is that true? Oh fuck yeah. off! Is that all right? Can I get um, a medium size with two cups, uh, three cream and three sugar? And do you have Boston cream donuts here? Yes, we do. Awesome. I'll take one of them. Okay, Katie, one cup, please. That's great. Thanks. No problem. Right. Any ideas? Pee-wee Herman. <laughs> Pee-wee Herman. <laughs> sure, as hell, sure as hell wasn't me. Fucking was you. It wasn't. Was. <laughs> right, okay. So first of all, uh Craig, you're saying it's Scott. Yeah. And definitely. Scott's going with Pee Wee Herman. Pee Wee Herman will be a good guess because uh, he's a celebrity and I did state that it was celebrities. But Craig was correct, that was in fact Tom's impression of Scott. And I'm judging by Scott's reaction he doesn't like the impression. You you don't think he does it very good? No, the voice is too high. I think it's more of a an, like an over exaggerated version of you, Scott. It's like if you, it's what it's what would happen if you put Big Bird on acid, you'd you'd get that. But it wasn't bang on, so 
see now now I'm thinking you're not gonna appreciate the song now. What song? From Chicago, from Chicago, from Chicago, from Chicago, from Chicago, from I'm not going to play the whole thing because we don't have time. But um, you mean there's more, dude? That's too long, man. <laughs> what? It's too long, man. What's long? That's it's like a... 15 minute song. No, that was only about a minute and a half. That a lot of work's gone into that. Do you, do you want to? You know, Tom is obviously. First of all, I actually need to play you this. Well, I hope you enjoyed my uh, impersonation of Scott. Scott, I love you, buddy. I enjoy the podcast. <laughs> that was for you. See, he loves you. He All loves right. you. I mean, that's a, that's the height of a, that's the height of compliment, that isn't it? You know, if someone does an impression of you and tells you that he loves you. I mean, that's quite sweet. All right. Yeah, you can but, do the, you can do an impression of him if you want. That'll make you feel better. No, oh, because I don't hear his voice enough. So oh. thanks. Thanks, Tom, for putting the effort in, man. Appreciate it. But the song was a waste of time. Sound like R. Kelly singing. It was supposed to sound like T-Pain, which is ironically what we call Tom sometimes because he's got a vlog called People in Pain, so it was Tom Pain, and then it went from Tom Pain to T-Pain, and there's the song, T-Pain. So, so as a feature, like, I mean, do, do we see life in it, or do we just let it go, or what? I think we should just give it another go. Yeah, give it another go. Okay. Because I, I know it won't be me again next time, so... Well, it could be you <laughs> by someone else. Oh, fuck <laughs> off, dude. <laughs> anyway, that was Who the Fuck Is That? Right, when so, did I do, when did when did I say that? I, I forget. I always say it all the time. No, that one is from uh, we were okay. Fucking hell. So our friend Bertie, who's who was on the episode Cove Boy, <laughs> obviously uh, Craig brought up his arch enemy. Uh, you, they used to be best friends, but now they're arch enemies. Uh, his, his best friend Matthew Kelly. Stars in your eyes. Exactly. Craig got confused because he's heard the name before. 
but he, Matthew Kelly's a presenter in the UK, or he used to be a presenter in the UK. He might be gay. I don't know why I said that, but it's true. And uh, and I sent Scott an image of Matthew, the real Matthew Kelly, stars in your eyes, not the one from Newfoundland, the real one. Sent that to Scott, and Scott was in the middle of recording a voice message to me at the time, and the picture popped up of Matthew Kelly, stars in your eyes. And, of course, he looked at him and said, who, who the fuck is that? And, of course, it went through on the record, and I took that and placed it in the theme tune. See, I, this is what I do, you see. I take shit and make things out of it. Funny, <laughs> Right, so, I mean, you've gone quiet now, Scott. Are you okay? Yes. No, I'm just listening. Jeez. All right, I'm just making sure you're okay. I don't want you getting no you know, upset. I don't... I don't get to talk. I haven't talked to Craig in forever, so I gotta listen to what he says. All right, I'll sit back. You two have a chat because it has been a while since you two spoke. I'll be honest. I'm chatting with him with us. Oh, for fuck! You just said you want to hear his voice, so now you can have a chat with him. I'm just saying, Jesus, man, we we we're just sitting here. I mean, when was the last time we were all on? It's for been a while, right? <clears throat> yeah, yeah it's, been, it's been a while because you bloody went to. Uh, to see Wes, and you went to Turkey, and, and you bumped off <laughs> to do another special from from another special. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, actually, I, I was actually away just for once. You, you don't, you've done it a couple of times. Uh, also, as well, just to let everyone know that um, there is a competition running on our Facebook page to win a bottle of Trailer Park Boys uh, old old dirty Canadian whiskey. Uh, we've we've done we've done this before, but it's it's on there. It's uh, you'll find it if you go to our Majors Mess All Facebook page. Scroll down, and you'll find it somewhere. It's, it's somewhere there. All you got to do is share the post, like the page, and you'll be entered to win. We'll draw a name in the coming. Probably the, I tell you what, we'll draw a name on the next podcast. So episode fifty-eight, we'll draw a name, and we'll pick a winner, and and that person will get the bottle. It's a bottle and two cans of the of the. Uh, Trailer Park Boys Freedom 35 beer. So you get two cans of beer and a bottle of whiskey. And all you got to do is share the post and like the page. It's not fucking hard. Get it done. Okay, we can wrap it now. Aye, bye. Fucking hell, man. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so stay tuned for episode 58 because we've got a good interview coming up with that one as well. Not going to announce it yet, but stay tuned. And thanks for joining us again. Remember... Go to our website at majusmesshall.com um, and check us out on uh, Twitter at Mess Hall Podcast. Um, check us out on Facebook. Just type in Majors Mess Hall. You can Google us and you'll find everything. We're on YouTube as well. Just type in uh, Majors Mess Hall on there as well. And we're also on Instagram at Mess Hall Podcast. So you can find us everywhere. Um, we did ask um, in a couple of shows ago for people to just email us and let us know you're emailing from we did have a lot of people email us so I just want to say thanks to all those people that did send an email to tell us where you were listening from it means a lot to us final thoughts oh Scott before we go do you want to uh, mm -hmm. when you were in um, when you were in uh, Toronto you had a, a fan of the show come up to you didn't you unexpectedly I did you know like I forgot I, I was speaking to uh, the bod who hosted Andrew, the bod who hosted uh, episode 50 from Taggart and Torrens and at intermission. And then there was a dude waiting on the side. And so I figured he was waiting to talk to Andrew. And uh, once I stopped talking to Andrew, 
he uh, came up to me and started talking to me. His name is Ryan Stevenson. And uh, he knew what, he said he knew I was going to be there. And that was one of the things that uh, he went up there for, too. Took a picture with them, met them. And he, he highly talked about Craig. He highly talked about you. He, he absolutely loves the show. And uh, I really appreciated that moment. Yeah, that's really awesome that he, that he did that. You know, it's it's always nice to hear from people that appreciate the show. So uh, and and it was a f- actual fan. Yeah, N- not yeah. a friend of a friend. Not connected to anyone else. So you know, that's really nice. So just a shout out to Ryan for uh, for showing up at the show and uh, spending some time talking to Scott because uh, that's always a good thing because it means if someone else is talking to him, I don't have to. He uh, like like you discussed in the. Uh, the Halloween joke went over his head. episode. You know, you, 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 we didn't say his name or anything because it was all going down like then. But uh, no, he said, man, uh, he likes what we're doing and he enjoys like our features and he loves backtracks and the shit show review and and uh, let's see if he likes who the fuck is that. So Ryan, you're listening. I know you are. Give us a tweet at the Mess Hall Podcast. And always give us your feedback because we appreciate it. So if you don't like a feature, let us know. If you do, let us know. Um, if you think it's funny when Scott gets annoyed over something, let us know so we can do it more. Just whatever. I mean, you just let us know. We, we are, we'll just fucking do whatever you want. We'll control it. So just let us know. So, yeah, Ryan, I, again, man, thanks. You know, you made my day. Um, another side note before we go. We're in talks with someone that is a burlesque dancer she's a lovely girl and she also does something called naked girls reading i know craig's sitting there thinking what the fuck scott already knows about this and she's gonna go ahead oh i I thought you said tell him about it i was gonna tell him what naked girls reading is yeah yeah tell him you can tell him that go on i I mean it's like a big ensemble I, i meant they do it in chicago too it's uh they meet up like once a week, once a month, you know, these group of ladies, they come on stage in front of like an audience and they read from books, but the catch is they're naked mm. while they're reading, you know, and I'm sure there's a lot of pervs that just go to watch, the sh- you know, watch them, but it's all serious, you know, and then they do a book discussion and. Well, kind of crazy. Obviously, we know we know Scott would go to an event like that because he's really into his literature. But Craig, would you would you ever go to a show like that? I probably just find it boring, to be honest. Oh, fucking hell! Start off on a high. Just sit, just sit in there, just listen to them read out something. It's boring. Well, at least he's honest. You know, it's not for everyone. So you wouldn't you wouldn't like it then? Probably not. Fair enough. So. Continue on with this. Uh, oh yeah, so uh, so yeah, so she's she's gonna come on and she's gonna give us an interview. Craig, you're gonna be part of it as well, mate. Because uh, from time to time, I like to throw you in the interviews, um, even if it's just for a fucking call it comedy element. So anyway, you're involved, and uh, she's gonna do it. But she's gonna do the interview with us, uh, not on webcam or anything like that. Just the regular recording audio. She's gonna do it. She's gonna be naked when she records with us. But the, the catch is that she wants us to be naked too. So the three of us have got to sit there with nothing on and just have a chat. Right, so... 
I mean, it doesn't oh. really matter because you're not on webcam, but I'm sure she's yeah. going to want it. Why? That's not the way it is. How would she know if we're naked or not? Well, she wouldn't. It's a, it's a trust thing, isn't it? She just, it's, you know, you'd know if you are. You know, if, you, if you're if you a dishonest person, then you could yeah, but... lie. You know, I, I, put it this way, I'm not going to be asking you to prove it to me. So... You could just be honest and say, no, I'm not doing that. You can be totally honest. Or you can say, yeah, you know what, let's do it. I'm in my bedroom. Most of the time, I'm sure you sit there half naked anyway in a pair of shorts. So it's not really any difference. <clears throat> You're in your bedroom. You've got a lock on your door. Just lock the door. No one's going to come in. At least you've got a door. Yeah. He's got a new door. I got a flag. He's got a, fl- he's got a flag that falls off. So... <laughs> So it's up to you, Craig. You know, I mean, it's up to Scott too. You know, I haven't really discussed it with Scott. I just told him about it. But what happens if she wants webcams? She's not going to want fucking webcams. Well, how do we know she's naked? All right, it's, you know uh, what well, I mean. Okay, let's just let's just. I'll just put it out there now. I didn't think I'd have to say this, but I don't want to see yours or Craig's knob. So, it's that that's not going to happen. It's just. I mean, I'll sit topless on there, and you can see my hairy gorilla ass chest. You know, I'll, I'll sit from the waist. I, I don't even want to see. Game. I don't even want to see that because I've seen a picture of you topless before, and you've got salmon pink nipples. That 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 means that they're happy nipples. But the salmon pink. And I've got, and I've got an X on it. Yeah, and he's got he's got a fucking X that's made that's his hair that grows on his chest is in the shape of an X. And if he turns around, Whoa. he's look Craig. And if you look at his back, he's got his, his the hair forms wings. He's got wings on his back. Craig, will you stop fucking around with your microphone, mate? Don't touch the legs on the mic. It comes through, mate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, big time. Yeah. So yeah, so you, you know, you you two are both hairy cunts. I'm not, you see. So I'd feel a little bit left out. Anyway, we're not doing it. It's not happening anyway. I, we're not just not doing it. It's just. You know, this is just a suggestion. Do you want to go on? There's no webcams involved. It's just audio. Um, final answer. Is there something that you'd be interested in, Scott? Yeah, let's do it. Craig? Well, the interview. Oh, where's your mind, mate? Yes, the interview with nothing on. No, it's stupid. Uh, you know what? I actually agree with Craig. I, I don't think I could sit there and have a conversation with you two with your knobs out. I don't think I could do it. <laughs> I just don't. It's absolutely fucking silly. It's just, I mean, well, you guys are no fun, man. You guys aren't. Uh, you guys don't take uh, risk. You know, plus the fact when I go when I go around to Craig's house and I sit in his bedroom, I'll sit in the chair that his ass, his naked ass, is going to be sitting on. And then when I go well, to don't Chicago, sit in that chair. when I go to Chicago, no, you, if I you, if I forget and sit in your chair, I'm sitting on your naked ass as well. So you you normally sit on the on the bed. That's true. God knows what goes on on there. Anyway, so if, if you're not into it, then that's fine. We'll just bring, we'll bring it on, and we'll all be fully clothed. It was just a suggestion from here, if we wanted to do it. Scott's the only one who wants to do it. I'm not quite sure why, but unfortunately, Scott, you've been you've been outnumbered, and we don't want to do it, so we're going to leave it, mate. And that doesn't mean you can sit there, Billy Bollico, because it's there, like it's that, that's it now. So you've got to be clothed. Might ask you to prove that you've got clothes on. Whatever. Oh, fucking <laughs> hell! Look, he's proper gutted now, isn't he? He's not going to be sitting there with his knob out. No. Why do you want your knob out? 
I could have took you guys to the nudist colony that's only like 30 minutes from my house, man. Yeah, but again, we would have to be nude too. I don't want to do that, especially with you two around me. <laughs> Dude, they got dance night every Friday. Anyway, let's wrap it up now because we've, we've, we've done this now. I've been talking for fucking ages about shit. The, the, the fucking saving grace of this episode, minus Terry's interview, was the feature I played, which Scott didn't even like. Well, I tell you why I don't like it. The song's annoying, man. Let's just finish. Let's finish the episode now, and we'll instead of using our normal outro, we'll we'll play the um, "I'm Scott Powers" in brackets, Chicago. We'll play that out now. How's that? I mean, we don't need to. We already heard it. You only heard the first minute and a half. Wait till I don't need to hear it again, man. Wait till you the middle eight. It's classic, Scott. It's classic. You're going to make me not want to listen when the episode comes out. Like us, share us, follow us, rich with us. Like us, like us, share us, follow us, rich with us, rich with us. Chicago, from Chicago.